Yo, 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 Just Chats, back at it again with another episode. Uh, this guest has been requested numerous times, um, and I've, I've told her that briefly, but uh, I don't know how many times I've actually told her she's been wanted, but I'd say upwards of 10 people. Really? Really, really. Guest, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Hey, I am Kami. I am the absolute fruit loop behind Feed Me Catering. Awesome, Kami. Very welcome. Warm welcome to have you on Just Chats. Hey, I want to know who bloody... Who requested me? Like, one t- of them was going to be Beck, for sure. I'll tell you after. All right, tell me after. I'll tell you after. Um, all right, so yeah, we'll just get straight into it. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, growing up, family life, and all that sort of stuff. So take it away. So I am the youngest out of four girls. Mm-hmm. So my parents had us really young. Yep. Um, by the time they were 24, they were married with four kids. So I guess growing up, we, like money, I guess, was always a bit of a struggle. Yep. You know, they were really young and they did their best. Um, Dad was always at work. I guess my childhood was a lot, like my memories were always Dad was working. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's sad, but it's the truth. Mum did her absolute best with what we had. Yep. Um, Yeah, so it was just kind of, like I remember times, um, yeah, I remember this one time Mum was really upset and I remember being quite like young and she only had enough money for either bread or milk and she just couldn't figure out which one was more important. So, I mean, times weren't always that bad, mm-hmm. but there were times where money was a, a like a big stress in our household. Um, yeah, I just guess I had a... I did have pr- a pretty traumatic childhood. Like, there was a few things that happened that really have shaped who I am. But like I said to you before we started, it's probably not something I can talk about because my story affects other people. Yep. But I do, you know, I am open about the fact that I have, yeah, experienced some pretty traumatic things in my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, it was just, you know, growing up with three sisters and we all fought, but we're all best friends. And yep. yeah. So what did you, what did your dad do for work? Where, where was he? He was at Buttercup. So I think he was there for like... I want to say close to 30 years or something like that. He was a baker from the time he left school. Wow. Yeah. Straight up. And do you ever remember, have you been here forever? Uh, well, not forever. I went, I went and did studying away, but hit me with what you want to say. Do you remember Buttercup? Yeah, Buttercup used to be like near Jets. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when it burnt down? I do remember when it burnt yeah. down. Yeah, so when it burnt down, they rebuilt it, but then it closed like just after that. Yeah, I don't remember why, but... Was that uh, like an arson attack or was that yeah, just... Yeah, they thought so, but yep. they never found who who did it. There was a rumour. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember speaking of that because my brother, he used... You can, oh, I don't know if this is... I'm testing my memory here, but you used to be able to go into Buttercup and you could buy like buns. Like Yeah, I reckon you could. Yeah, back yep. when it was a bit like looser with yeah. rules of health and safety because I remember going in and visiting dad all the time it mm. was like a treat you know mm. you'd go there and one of his you know workmates would chuck you a donut or a kitchen bun yeah. you know yeah. go, it would never be allowed to happen oh, now God, no. but we used to go in there and you know oh hi dad have a bit of a wander around and see all the machines and stuff but you just never get away with that now so sisters are you did I, I probably here's my shit listening skills 101 would <laughs> you say you were the youngest yes yeah. and um, so what how growing up in a household of only girls Yay, nay, toot, boot, fights, cattiness, doing your hair. What what was it like? Oh, mate, she was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. For real, seriously. Because there was four of us, but we were all close in age. So we're all like five years apart, as mm-hmm. in like from start to finish. Yep. 
So it was stealing each other's clothes and arguing about it. <laughs> Me and my sister, Julie, we laugh because we've got memories. I chased her around the house with a fire poker. If I had a quarter, oh, God, I would have done some damage. But I ran over her head on a push bike by accident. Like, it was just carnage every day. And I think, oh, that's the kind of thing that, like, brothers would have. But girls are just the same. I mean, we love hard, but when we were younger, you know, you fight as well. Yep, yep. Okay, so tell us about school. How was how was your schooling experience? Did you go to primary school here, I'm guessing? Yep. So I started at Mulga Street because we lived near there. Mm-hmm. But then we changed to Sutton Town um, okay. Primary School, which was a real different vibe. And I really liked the smaller school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a community. You know, you only had one class at the same year level. So yep. everybody was sort of friends, whether you wanted to or not, because mm. you didn't have a lot of choice. But it also made... Um, like, people were kinder to each other, I felt like. Yeah, yeah there's more community. No one got lost in the crowd. No. Yeah. And so what What year, do you remember when you transferred from Mulga? To... I was year three. Okay. I guess halfway through year three. Did you, so uh, Mulga, was that like, oh man, I don't even remember Mulga that long ago. Like, I know they've had a fair few upgrades. They've got like this massive, I don't know what it's called, like the hub or something now, but I'm guessing I'll just completely ignore what I was, that tangent was going down. So... But did you like your teachers? Did you have friends? Any bullying? Anything like that? Yeah. So school, I'm not going to lie, was pretty difficult for me. Um, primary school, I guess, was difficult, but it wasn't as bad as high school. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the smaller school was more of a, like a community. High schools where shit got really fucked up. Yep. Um, back then, you know, I wore glasses, so I was the kid that was four eyes. Can you see this scar on my face? I can, yes. Yeah. So I used to have, I was born with a birthmark and it was quite large and it just looked like a mole. So it just looked like a really big mole on my face. So of course that was, oh, you've got shit on your face. You've got chocolate on your face. You're a freak, um, four eyes. And then couple that with the fact that, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So I remember wearing a jumper for three years in a row that just didn't fit me. And I'd pull up the sleeves to try to hide the fact that the sleeves were so short. Like, Mm. yeah, I was a bit of a, the misfit kid, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I remember times where uh, one of the boys wasn't at school, but one of the boys on my street, he just ditched a container full of mud at my face and broke my glasses and stuff. So, yeah, like things like that happened, but. Holy crap. Yeah. I got to ask, did you bully? Like, did you bully back? Did you like stand up for yourself? Or no, did you just take I it? was really timid and shy. Like, yep. you wouldn't think that now, but it sort of broke me and I just walked around with my shoulders rounded and my head down trying to hide myself like trying to hide my face you know it was like ashamed Mm. yeah when you came home with mud on your face or come home from a bullying incident at school what did your parents do yeah so that happened on my street my dad was furious i remember that um i can't remember what happened i just remember getting cleaned up and i think my dad might have gone down the road and because there was multiple instances though like i remember another boy on the street had got a big piece of wood and just smacked me with it. And my dad, I remember him being furious about that. And he went down the road and scared the absolute shit out of this little kid. And he was, yeah. But yeah. Far out. Yeah. Did you ever hear like that, there's like a thing that like boys uh, are mean to girls that they like? I hate that. Yeah? I absolutely hate that. Why is that? Because what are you teaching your daughters? What are you teaching girls? Oh, so some a boys mean to you. Oh, yay, they like me. Like, that is not something I want to teach my daughter. That's true. Like, yep. respect is what I want my daughter to yep. 
Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. So high school. How was you said? You know, we briefly touched on it already, but didn't like high school. What What was the? Why was it shit? Um, for all the things I've probably already mentioned, mm-hmm. but also to before it was the day before I started year ten. I actually ended up in hospital for bulimia. Yeah, and anxiety and depression. So. And I begged my mum, please let me go to school tomorrow because I didn't want to miss that. You know, that first yeah. day of school where you find your home group, you find your friends and you mm-hmm. find your feet. It really put me off for that whole year. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed out. Like, I wasn't allowed to go. I was really, really skinny. Um, like, I needed help. Yeah. So, I understand why I wasn't allowed to go, but it really did shake up that first, yeah, year 10. I ended up wagging most of year 10 and at the end of that, got my apprenticeship. So, oh, so you, you didn't finish school? No. No? No. Do you regret not finishing school? Um, not really. Like, I don't live my day-to-day life regretting it. There's been times where I've thought about career changes and I thought, oh, fuck, this would be so much easier. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Like, I think, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> think, fuck, this is like, this would be so much easier if I had a finished school. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to end up going to uni for something, changing careers. But no, I don't live my day-to-day life, like, regretting it. I think I've probably experienced a lot more things having left school so early and been thrown into the workforce. Yep. All right. So we'll sort of veer off here. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I, the only thing I ever truly wanted to be was an actress. What happened? I left school. Uh, yeah. Shit. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. So and I loved drama. I loved all those classes. And I thought to myself, like, when I finish school, I'm going to go to a drama like college. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on Neighbours or, you know, something. Like, yeah. I just thought that that was the best. Yeah, yeah. So, looking back now, okay, I guess I'll ask before I do this. So, obviously, like drama, did, were there ever any other academic subjects that you like? So, English, math, science, anything like that? Or you didn't yeah, really care? I was really, here's the thing too. I think this is a bit that annoys me. I was actually quite good at school. Yep. Not maths, mate. One plus one equals 17 squared. I've got no fucking clue. Close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got no clue. But as far as like English, I used to write the most wild stories. I loved it. I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was probably my favourite subject. Yep. Were there any teachers that really, I guess, you know, stood out or you can remember yep. that like that teacher was fucking awesome? Mr. Crouch. He's no uh, longer with us. No, he's not. No. I loved him. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. He was good. I would have probably smooched him. I wouldn't have, but... (laughs) (laughs) That is a weird thing to say. Cut that out. (laughs) No, it's staying, mate. It's staying. Um, All right, so overall schooling experience, do you think... Okay, we obviously know it was negative, but did you find it important to to being who you are today? Or, you know, do you wish... Yeah, totally. Everything I've been through has made me who I am today. Yep. So especially having those experiences with kids being absolute assholes to me. But also, too, like... I don't want to frame it like it was all bad because I've still got good friends from high school, yep. you know, yep. that I catch up with all the time. So it wasn't all bad, but I think the big things that trigger trauma in you or were like abusive or whatever, you know, they really stay with you and they do shape the way you, that you live your life. Yeah, 100%. Do you think that the education system have got it right or do you think they should change some things? I think they should let kids learn how they learn. I don't think all kids learn the same. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, like I remember, especially in maths, like my brain I don't think works the same as other people. 
sometimes I could get to the conclusion, but I'd be marked wrong because my working out wasn't the way that they wanted me to work it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maths is a tricky one though because it, especially because you have to learn the formula. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. There's a formula. You can't break the formula. Like if say if you got the answer right, can you apply what you did to something else? I mean, the answer was right. I was probably looking at the person's page next to me. <laughs> hey, that's hey, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so school was. Good in the fact that it shaped you to who you are, but shit because you got bullied and picked on. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so after school, so you said you picked up your apprenticeship at the end of year 10. Is that right? Yeah. So I wagged most of year 10 and my dad, I remember my dad coming home from work one day and I was home and he was angry and he was like, you either need to decide to get your ass to school every day or you go get yourself a job. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot be doing this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fine. I'll get myself a job. Mm-hmm. So I literally opened up, back then when we had phone books, when we actually used them, I opened up the phone book and I thought, oh, where could I work? Oh, oh, a cafe or something. So I opened up the yellow pages, went to cafe, restaurants, whatever it was. And the first one I found was Sage and Muntries. I literally picked up our landline. Oh my God, I feel like I'm a dinosaur. I picked up our landline. Um and I rang the number and I said, hey, do you have any jobs going? And he said, actually, like, bring your resume down. So I brought my resume down, which was, you know, a piece of paper with probably two sentences on it. Yep. And he hired me as a kitchen hand. And then I worked as a kitchen hand for a few months. And he said, hey, do you want an apprenticeship? Like, do you want to be a chef? I was like, well, I'm doing nothing else. Yep, yep. So, yeah, like, I just fell into it. Mm. Like, it wasn't something I ever had on my radar. Mm-hmm. I just fell into it. And so I left school and I signed my paperwork and I started my apprenticeship. And how long did that apprenticeship t- take to finish? I got signed off a year early. So I think I did the hard yards for the three years. Mm-hmm. And then because I'd done all of my study and I'd won a couple of, like, competitions, like cooking competitions. And yep. I was named... Um, Apprentice of the Year for South Australia. Um, yeah, I just got signed off early. And then I went to London. Oh, yeah? And what did you do over there? Uh, I just lived and worked for six months. Okay, like in like kitchens or pubs? Yeah. or Yeah, so I worked in a place called Kensington Place which was, like, super, super fancy. Sounds very royal, yeah. Yeah, it's not, like, Kensington Palace. It's a brand. <laughs> the name <laughs> That's of the... a typo. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the restaurant was called Kensington Place, and it was attached to a really famous fish market, and this is how much I didn't care. I can't remember the name of the fish market. Yeah. But we used to go over there and get the fresh fish for the day, like, for the service, and, yeah, I worked there, and then... But I worked as a pastry chef there, so I was doing, like, all the cakes and um, desserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was very like, I didn't stick it out long. I was 19. I was there by myself. Oh, shit, I was okay. super lonely. I ended up working in a Mexican restaurant too called the Taqueria. And I remember it being like a huge big deal one night because we were cooking Stella McCartney's um, 30th birthday party. And I just remember they had to put all these balloons in the window so the paparazzi like weren't able to snap her while she was eating and all her guests. But yeah, I cooked dinner for them. So how, what, were you just like on a whim, I'm going to go to the UK? Yep. <laughs> yep. Really? Yeah, totally. Yep. And so six months, what happened after six months? I was so lonely, like yep. so lonely. So I ended up um, flying to the States for six weeks because my auntie lives there. Mm-hmm. I've got some cousins and family and I spent like a white Christmas in um, the US and then I came home. So I think altogether I might have been gone for like 
eight or nine months maybe. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But that's a long period of time when you're by yourself though. As a nineteen-year-old, yeah, yeah, just going, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. Did you find yourself, or what? what so apart from being lonely, did you, you know, what what did you learn being independent for that when you were a nineteen-year-old? The biggest thing to this day that I took away from that trip is it sounds super cliche, but happiness is only real when it's shared. Is what I took away from that. Because I'm seeing all these amazing sights, I'm cooking for celebrities, I'm doing all these amazing things, and I had no one to share it with. It was just really lonely. That's like a... I'd rather be having a cup of coffee with my family or my friend because, you know, what do I what do I, I go back to the hostel every night and just do you know what I mean? Like you've got no one yeah. to bounce off. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Really. I love going by myself. Really. Yeah, because. I can do what I want when I want. I don't have to share food. I can spend my time how I want. It's almost like not peaceful. I mean, I guess, I mean, I haven't been on overseas since with anyone for like in my, oh, no, that's not true. In my young, young 20s I did, but I just don't like, there's nothing where it's like, are you ready? No, like I hate that. Yeah, someone else. Yeah, it's like, come on, let's go. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're only here for so long. I mean, Again, I mean, I haven't, I haven't done that, but I, I do see what you're coming from, I, and like, I think I appreciate now. Like, I'd rather spend money on, like, I love, as, as you may know, I love food, mm-hmm. so I'm more than happy to expend, spend the money on a really, like, really good food and share that experience yeah. now with like my partner, than going by myself. So I think it's just, maybe I just didn't find the right person. I didn't realize that that's. But yeah, I don't like necessarily just even mean partner, but I'm someone who I guess because I did grow up in a big family mm. and we're all so close in age everything was always with someone or together yeah. I always had company I was never alone yep. so I think that's just what I'm used to that's super interesting okay so you've come back you you've had your nice little stint overseas then what happens um <coughs> what did I do I came back home I came back home and I sort of just like freestyled for a little bit I think I worked in an apple farm yeah I did I worked at the apple farm I bloody loved that going out every day, picking apples off the tree, pruning. And then a job came up at Jen's Hotel and I was a head chef for Jen's Hotel for like a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now what do you do? What's your what's your main role now? So now, I've, like obviously I've got Feed Me Catering, so I cater through that. And I've just got a job a couple of days a week at Best and Less, which I absolutely love. Absolutely love. It's so random, but I absolutely love it. Why do you love it so much? It is relaxed. Like, if you think chefing is such an intense career, yep. it is so much pressure, so many hours. It's You don't ever rock up to work and have an easy day. Yep. You yep. rock up to best and less. I laugh with people. I serve people. I put price tags on things. I just genuinely love the different the, the different change, like pace. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that, I mean, not that I'm a catering company anything like that but the thing that always was on my mind when i was making cookies was like is this going to turn out right yep do you still get that all the time because <laughs> i'm someone too that i make up my own recipes like i invent i just invent shit yep like i will see an idea somewhere maybe i get inspiration from something but then i have to go oh, okay shit now how am i going to figure out how to actually make that so i still have a lot of mistakes mm-hmm I have a lot of containers of mistakes that go to my husband's work. They all love me, and I'm, like, ashamed every time he takes a container. I'm like, no, they're going to think I'm the worst cook ever. Uh, but apparently they love it. So, yeah, I always worry about things that work yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so if you could rewind, go back in time, and there you are, you've just finished your chefing apprenticeship. Oh, no, sorry, you just about to start your chefing apprenticeship. What is the one thing that you wish you were told before you started? Honestly, how, it's going to sound really negative, but how underappreciated you are. Yeah. It truly is. When you are a chef, you just basically get told to get back in the kitchen, hurry up, cook, do what you need to do. You're sort of forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, you do all the behind the scenes and you work like a dog. Like you work breakfast, lunch and tea and you might have two hours off in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You are under pressure the entire time you're doing it. And I think, like, I don't want to skip questions, like, but you've got a question down there somewhere. I can't remember what it is that I was going to use this answer for. Fuck, what is that? Now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> totally lost my is train of thought. Is it this, maybe? No? No. Um, wait, let me find it. You can call it out anyway. can't even remember what we're talking about. What what you wish you were told before you started and you're just saying you're underappreciated and you're treated like a dog. Yeah, which sounds super, like, intense to say that, but if you ask any chef, like, it's not... Like, the biggest myth, I think, was the question, oh, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, the biggest myth is, like, it's... Like, it's like MasterChef on TV. Yeah. Like, you get to do a couple of little beautiful, cute little meals and you just serve them and your job's over. It's like, no, mate, you're not cooking for three or four or five people. Mm. You've got a hundred people in your dining room and they all want their meals five minutes ago. Yeah. And you're under so much pressure to get things done. It's just, I think TV has made it something that it's not. Like, it's you don't watch these shows and get a real understanding of what the job is actually like. It's really hard work. Why do you think people... So, the other thing, I mean, the thing that would piss me off being a chef is, like, when people just fucking hoof it down. Does that... Or is that a good yeah. thing? Because, like, you know, you like you say you set however long it takes you to make your food, but it's just like, I'm going to get this in as fast as possible and not appreciate the food. Or you don't really... Depends where you work. Okay. Because if you... And I've worked in a few different places. If you work in a pub, yep. what do people want? They want quantity. Yep. People just want chips and schnitzel and the biggest one you got, thanks. Yep, yep. They want bang for their buck. Yep. Whereas if you work in a finer dining establishment, mm-hmm. people want to appreciate... Yep the flavours. They don't expect, you know, four people with food on one plate. Yep. They want to appreciate the flavour, the texture, the combinations. So it really depends where you work. Have you ever, has anyone ever sent the food back and you're just like, fuck off? Um, me personally, I don't really think so. I mean, there's been mistakes in kitchens where someone sent out the wrong meal and it gets sent back or... Um, no, not really. No, not really. Okay. So, <clears throat> I guess last question in regards to chefing. How long, like, say, you know, you do, like, your prep in the morning to get ready for the night or whatever, or the dinner. How, like, when you've sent out your last meal, is that just, like, thank Christ? Yes, but then it's also great. Now I have to drain the fries, clean them. I've got to so put the fire dog on the grill. Like, yeah, it's not over. Yep. No. Nah. All right. Make a list of shit I gotta to do tomorrow. I gotta to make a list of shit we need to order overnight. Like, yeah. Yeah. So when does it does it ever stop? Nope. Never. Fuck. Never. 
fuck that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it is intense because you always be thinking like the next day, the next two days, how long does this take to cook and prep? Do we have to let that sit? Mm-hmm. You've got to be thinking days in advance yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way of being a chef? Have you had any mentorships or have you like cookbooks or anything like that? What's just been the best resources that you could say have helped you? So the man who hired me, Graham Armstrong from Sage and Muntries, mm. I don't think he actually realises how much of an impact he had on my life. Yep. He was tough. Like he was, he was tough to work for, but in a way that I appreciate, like I have a great work ethic today because of him yep. and I appreciate him for that. And he really did have such a passion for what he does that he loved teaching mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my life would be completely different if that man didn't hire me. Yep. And also too, it was a bit of a tumultuous time in my life when he did hire me. And he, like that setting was a bit of an anchor for me at that time as well. So yeah, in more ways than one, he... And I, and I think, too, when I was young and a smart-ass, he probably has no idea how mm. much I've, I actually appreciate him. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So when you look back when you're older and you oh. think, shit, you know, that man really gave me the foundations for this, this, and this, mm. you know? Mm. Yep, 100%. So was he, like, as a, a boss, was he very down the line or was he wishy-washy or was he like... No. Oh, God, no. He was down the line. Like, you knew where you stood all the time. And what I appreciated about him now is that he could swear and chuck a pot you know in the sink when he was annoyed or whatever but five seconds later it was like good job guys service is over you know yeah but you have to as a chef to let things go because it's such a high pressure environment yeah people lose their shit all the time has when okay so i mean you don't have to disclose it when there's been a time that the pressure is just too much like fuck this what caused that oh if someone makes a mistake and you know, then you've ruined your whole timing of the whole table or there's, oh, so many examples. Okay. Sage and Muntries, that used to be, they used to be out like uh, next to the commercial. Yeah, next to the commercial. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an Indian, is it an Indian yeah, place now? Uh, yeah, I know what it's called. Blue Lake Indian or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Okay. All right. I mean, I've sort of answered this question already, but is there any other myths that, about your profession that you want to just say that's bullshit or that's not Maybe true? that, yeah, that's the question I was yeah. trying to answer before. Um, yeah, that it's like some fucking fluffy, fancy, amazing job like on MasterChef. No, you're filthy every day. You stink like, it's just, no. And it's so hard. It's constant hard work. Do you think people that would watch, say, The Block or like that sort of shit would feel the same about like redoing a house up yeah well i mean i've heard tradies say like that is not you do not do it in two days it's impossible you cannot do that the quality is going to be terrible like Mm -hmm. i've heard things like that about the block too yeah but i mean tv makes things look yeah Yeah. exactly i'd love that i'd love a show to be like in the classroom or something like that and just get people off the streets to go and try and teach kids because fuck me i just think that would be the funniest thing that's another profession that is so i think sometimes disrespected like oh teachers they get this many holidays no i know teachers who are constantly working all through the holidays after hours every night you've got to do your marking report like it's so and how much extra training you guys have to do a year yeah yeah it's people are very ignorant about the realities of actually being a school teacher yeah and it's and it's the worst thing is when the worst thing i've encountered as a teacher is when the student or the pupil has not done something 
and they don't take accountability and responsibility for not doing it, and then the parent will say, yeah. you're a bad teacher. Yeah, like, yep. What? Don't you think parents are so delusional about their kids, though? Oh, they think they're perfect. Yeah, totally. And then there are kids, there are parents that, you know, aren't that protective and aren't wrapping them up in cotton wool, and they're like, yeah, no, I fully agree. Like, you know, you've, you've got the evidence and stuff, and people are just like, he's not like that at home. Mm. I'm like, okay, well... That's cool. Cool yeah. story, mate. And then, and then the best thing is when they say they come back from holidays, they're like, oh, I can't wait to get rid of him or can't wait to get rid of him. I like, hate when people say that. I'm like, that's you, awful. If it's like, mate, that's your kid, you made that. Yeah. You're making it, in like your behaviours and your actions and everything you do are making the kid into what he is. That's and if you don't yeah. like it, fucking whose like, fault is it? You're creating the way your child is. Yeah. yeah for sure. And, it's, and I think, yeah, so they just don't, there's no onus, there's nothing. It's just, oh, well, he's not like that at home. Do you ever feel like saying sometimes, I your wish, kid is a fucking disrespectful little shit and it's your fault? You I wish there was like one that? day where you could just swear. <laughs> just one. Oh, but no, that's no, they do that. You have to yeah, do I get you. Do by the book. Anyway, let's get into the bulk of these questions now. So, what shit just doesn't work? I don't know. The fucking, my remote controls, I've got no idea. <laughs> now, do you know what? I actually thought about this question. I thought... Yeah. I don't have a clue. I don't know. Probably heaps of shit. But for me personally, it's so pathetic. In my home life, my husband's real techie. Yep. He is onto all Apple products. Like, he sets alarms to watch at 2am, like, the new release of Apple products and shit. Like, he's a total nerd and I love him for it. But he's got this house set up so technical. Like, I've got to be like, oh, ring him and be like, can you fucking tell me how to turn the TV on? Because it's not working. Like, I'm not joking. I actually hate technology and he's the complete opposite. So anything tech for me, that just, shit doesn't work. Not a fan, not a nah. fan. Do you think if you learn to, you know, get on his level of tech know-how that you'd appreciate it more? Maybe, or you just can't be fucked? Maybe, but do you know what? I'm someone, unless I'm interested in it, yep. like even having a conversation with someone, I know this sounds really horrible, but if I'm not interested in what they're saying, I don't take in a single word mm. of what they say. Mm-hmm. And technology, I'm not interested. That's cool. Like I just, um, I walk, like run the other way. Being a chef, do you look for all the whiz-bang technological, like, updates for no. stuff? Or don't give a shit? Nope, don't give a shit. I still, to this day, and this is going back to my apprenticeship, I still, to this day, hand whip cream and things, like, with a hand whisk. Like, my apprenticeship was you do everything from scratch and you do it yourself. Fuck. So, it's so ingrained in me. Like, we only bought a microwave when, oh, God, when I think my daughter was born, maybe? Like, I didn't even use a microwave. Holy shit. Yeah. I've just recently seen that there's ovens that can use steam to cook. Yeah. That's fucking cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a combi oven. It's got heaps of different settings. Yeah, it's just like... And, like, I was I was playing with it. It's like, oh man, here we go, off tangent. But it's like this little thing and you, like, dip, like, you poke it and then the slider comes out and you fill it with water and apparently it's supposed to, like... The first 25% of the cook, it keeps moisture in it. So, like, your cakes are more fluffy or spongy and your chicken is more... Yeah, yeah there's heaps of tech things now. But I'm I'm so old school in my cooking methods, I think. Yep. Okay. That's cool. Have you had any light bulb moments? And what I mean by that is, has there been moments in time where you just go, fuck, now I get it? I guess so, but, like, a slow build-up. Yeah? Like, I'm a slow learner, though. Hey, at least you're learning. But, like, I, there's been times where I'll think, oh, hang on. Like, I'm, no, like I'm, I'm nowhere near confrontational as I used to be. But mm-hmm. it's been, like, a slow build-up mm-hmm. of just, like, learning curves, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, like, one instant moment 
light bulb moment. But yeah, I guess slow progressions or slow, like evolving learning thing. So what, what have you evolved from and then into? I would say I, in my youth, was really confrontational. Mm-hmm. Like Aggressive confrontational or just... Like if someone has done me wrong, I would be, you know, you did me wrong. Yep. Like I'd have to make a point of being like, no, you're wrong. Like yep. I'm right. You've done the wrong thing. Okay. But as I've gotten older, I just care less and less. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think I find for me now, I want to be at peace and sleep at night and not have caused any harm to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So even if someone has done me wrong, I don't now necessarily feel the need to not get revenge, but that's totally the wrong word. Be to use. right? Yeah, be right. Yeah. It's, it's just you don't invest energy because there's no point now? Yeah. And I think back to conflicts I've been in in the past, and I think, no, Carmen, because it takes two to tango. And like I'm at the point in my life where I can own up, I'm self aware enough to know that I'm not perfect and I can own up to the things that I've done wrong. Yep. yep. You know, like, yes, that person did do that wrong to me, but how did I make that situation worse? Mm you know Or how did I contribute to the situation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, I fully get it. So then I don't necessarily feel the need to get a sorry or an explanation anymore. I just think I'm more worried about owning my half of it. Mm -hmm. But it's taken me, like, I'm 35. Yeah. And this is real honest talk. Like, I'm sure there are so many people out there that are just not even self-aware enough to know that they cause some of their own problems. Whereas I'm at the point in my life now where I'm like, you know what, dude, I've caused heaps of my own problems. But I now no longer want to do that. It's so much better when life is drama-free. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I'm saying that there's like um, drama follows dramatic people. <clears throat> and so when, you know, if you're causing drama, obviously your life's going to be a fucking shit show because you, you're doing it. Like, yeah. You're creating yeah. that. You're and doing I, it pe- People don't own that either. It's just like, they did this, they did that. And then it's like, well, why is that? Like, why is my, like, life a chaos shit show? Yeah. It's like, well, because... You're making You're the centre of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I guess what frustrates me too is that now that I'm at that place, I can get easily frustrated by people who are not where I'm at. Yep. Going, oh my God, can you take some responsibility for your half or can you take some responsibility for the things that you've done or Mm -hmm. said or, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, just learning to not invest in shit is just a massive, like, I think the same thing. I, I always used to care about stuff and then it's like when you... I don't know when it, like, it's, it's, it's a good point. You, you, it's a gradual thing. You, nothing, there's no, like, one event. Yeah, that that's I can, what I meant by light bulb. Like, it's no one moment. It's a gradual realisation. Yeah, it's just, you just stop caring less and less. And then it's just like, oh, shit, okay, that's way better. Yeah. You yeah. can't teach that either, isn't no. it? No. You can say, and you can project that as much as you want, saying, oh, I don't care, don't care. But then it's not until, you know, I guess they're not, not if it's, like, they're emotionally mature or just mature in general, but it just, it just, like, sweeps over you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, what's something you've changed your mind on as you've gotten older? When I was younger, I never wanted children. I never wanted children, but it was because of the trauma that I had experienced in my childhood. I never wanted to bring a kid into the world who could possibly have to experience the things that I did. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I sort of met my husband and got married that I was like, oh, hang on. Life could be really sweet with this dude. And yeah, having a kid could be a really beautiful thing. So now I've got a daughter and, yeah. What was it like becoming a mother for the first time? Because obviously I cannot relate whatsoever. But give us a a couple sentence spiel about pregnancy, delivering, and then I guess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a graphic warning on this podcast? 
Mate, oh my God, it was the most... Is it shit? Mate, seriously. Pregnancy, I had a really good pregnancy. I kept fit during it. I, um, yeah, I had no complications. It was fine. But it it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, it is very uncomfortable. You're heavy. Like, yeah, there's all these things that go with it. Giving birth fucking blew my mind. Like, it is the most horrific, intense experience of my life. So... I was like, no, nah, man, I'm super tough. I'm going to totally do this with no drugs. I went 12 and a half hours. And my daughter was posterior, which means she was coming out the wrong way, okay. like facing the wrong way or whatever. Um, so I had like a – and they say that's the most painful way to give birth. Yep. So it was excruciating, and I'd made it to 12 and a half hours with no drugs. I was really proud of that. And then at some point, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm exhausted. I can't do it. So I had an epidural, and then after that, it was – Bearable because I couldn't feel a fucking thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think the worst thing about giving birth is what probably people don't talk about is afterwards, like you have this massive crush of hormones, you have this massive surge of hormones, and you just, it just feels surreal. You're just trying to get your head together and have this newborn, and you're, you know, you're in pain and you're exhausted, and it's just, it is a really intense experience that you kind of can't describe to anybody. I don't know if I'm glad that I don't have to do that. No, but you know what? When it comes, your, you don't have kids, do you? I do not, know. When it comes your time, sometimes I feel sorry for the men because if you've got a really good man who cares, like my husband's amazing, and just from talking to you, I can tell that you're a decent human being. You know, sometimes I think it's harder for the person who just has to sit there and watch because there is nothing that you can do yeah. to help. So you think about the person you love and they're in the most excruciating pain of their life and you literally just have to sit there and be like, Good job, mate. Keep at it. You know what I mean? Like that must be yeah. so anxiety-inducing for the fella. I hate it when Pam like when Pam like hurts herself or anything like that. It's just like I just hate her feeling shit. Yeah. And so I guess you know if pregnancy is the most excruciating pain you've ever given or ever experienced, then... and then you got to watch her split her fanny open and get the watermelon out of it. She'll be screaming, mate. I might, might have that day off of work or something. <laughs> Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I'd recommend that, yeah. All right, so then I guess, you know, having a child. So what what about having your child has, you know, transformed your opinion? Is it just them growing up, watching them develop, watching them turn into yeah, something? Yeah, so I'd sort of changed my mind before we, like, we got pregnant, before yep. we had it. But um, I think before you have a kid, the centre of your world is you. Yep. You know, without meaning to be, you're quite selfish because Mm -hmm. you've only got yourself to worry about. It's your goals, your dreams, what you're doing that day, whatever. Once you have a kid, the focus is off you. Like you're completely living to keep this little human alive, to make sure that she has the best life and the best opportunities, to make sure she's protected and safe and loved. It's just becomes, that's really when I feel like I started to change as a human being really is because now I'm worried about the future for her. Yep. How do I give this innocent, beautiful little human the yep. best go at life? You've got to provide for someone that's not yeah. you. Yeah, but is... you stop feeling so. You stop being selfish and making selfish choices because you're not worried about. You're not the primary person anymore. Do you feel bad? Like you know, say for example, I don't know. You you wanted to go somewhere or you wanted to go do something, but now it's like, man, that sounds fucking shit. But now you've got a kid as like you can't do it. Do you sometimes not regret, but you're like regret, <laughs> regret. Like, do you wish, like, there's, like, back when you first, like, say you first had your newborn, you're like, fuck, I wish I could go do this? Or does it literally just There is a transition period, I feel like, where you're sort of mourning 
the freedom and life you used to have mm -hmm. and sort of trying to now incorporate this little human. And I think for the first year, you're so busy, like you're so hectic busy with this little child that you sort of don't, I didn't really notice missing out on anything because it was just such a life shake up. But as they get older, you just have to like mold your life around it. So, you know, Seb and I might take in turns to go out with our friends instead of having more, you know, sort of couples things or, mm -hmm. or you set aside time where you do have a family member watch your child so you can yep. go do something too. It's just planning your life a bit better. You just don't, can't do things on a whim sometimes. Did you notice a change in how your friends treated you? Yeah. So I guess I lost contact or got a bit distant with a few people who didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, no fault of their own, they just don't relate. Yep. So. Yep. I've seen that, like, like, with my sister and my brother, <clears throat> when they had kids, a lot of people, not, like, pushed them away, but they just, you know, their priorities changed. Like, you you know, you've just mentioned they lost some friends and stuff. And then their friends that did have kids, they'd stay more around them so then the kids can be near each other and they can do kids stuff and then they grow with, like, yeah. But that's, Yeah. And I think sometimes it's not, like, you have circumstantial friends. Yeah. Like you have your core friends who are your ride or die that'll be there, that know all your secrets and are there for you, mm. you know, throughout life, no mm. matter how much time goes in between seeing each other. But then you have circumstantial friends that you might be friends with because, you know, you're in a group together with something, so you spend a lot of time with them or... Yep. Yeah, and it's kind of those friends that drop away. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, was there ever a time you were thankful that the pandemic happened? No, I'm going to be honest and say no, I fucking hated it and I hate it still. I'm pissed off right at the moment. Like I remember when they first, I was reading something actually. I remember when they first said, yep, 15 day lockdown. That's all we need. Yeah. It's been 16 months. Liars. 16 months. And they still haven't got it together. Like what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, I'd love to put a bit of a fluffy positive spin on it, but no, I, I'm not. Yeah. I hate it. What was the biggest freedom that you, has been taken away from you? Just the, I don't know, the ability to just go wherever you want, whenever mm. you want. Mm. You know, you can make plans now, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Look at people that have planned holidays for next week. Yeah. They can't do it now. Yeah, I know a couple of people that were supposed to be going um, up into Queensland and that's been fucking chucked in the bin again. And I think, too, if I didn't have my daughter, I'd probably not feel so strongly about it. But watching her being little and not really being able to grasp exactly what's happening, but being yep. fearful. When we had that couple of day lockdown, we all had to wear masks. Mm. You know, I had to go to She's Apples. My Seb, my partner Seb is on shift work. He wasn't, like, I had to take Olive with me. So I had to mask up and mask her up, and everyone in She's Apples was wearing a mask, and she was so frightened. Mm. She didn't understand. So I guess I'm more worried about, like, how much anxiety we're we're feeding children and how yep. they're going to grow up. Like this pandemic is totally going to shape the next generation. Like, Oh, a hundred percent. They're going to grow up being paranoid about every germ, every cold, every cough. And I, yeah, I worry about the mental health of our kids really. Do you think like, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for here? Do you think that, how, how much longer do you think it's going to be like this? I don't see it ending anytime soon. Do you think America and the UK, like I think that, that when, I remember when they first like were getting it, it was just like they were skyrocketing in cases and whatever. And then they really nailed their like vaccine delivery. And now there's places in the US that are 
there's no like there's no you can no mask no nothing do you I see I think that's fucking cool and I don't know why we I just think I don't even know what Australia's doing do you know okay the question that I've been asking people at the moment is do you know anyone that's vaccinated yet yeah I do oh do you know people yeah because I know a lot of people that work in healthcare like nurses aged care workers disability workers so they're yeah mostly the ones that I know that have been vaxxed are you going to get vaxxed I'm not against being vaxxed in the long run, but right now I'm not. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with it right now. But and I think like it's not. I have to be careful with what I say because I feel like some people just jump on you and call you anti-vax or whatever. But I'm not. Like I'm fully vaccinated. My daughter is. Mm. My husband is. But right now we don't know the long-term effects of it. Yep. And I'm just cautious of. We don't know. In five years, are they going to be? like side effects that pop up that we're not sure about. I'm yeah. not against getting it in the long run. I yeah. think eventually we're all going to have to get it. Yeah. But I want to know that I get the right one and that in five years' time we're not going to have complications from it. Mm. Or mm. Because if you look back, I was on, it was a government website, so it was legit, and they don't hide the fact that when they've made um, previous vaccines, and I don't quote me because I want to get something wrong and someone jumps down my throat, but... I think polio vaccination or something, they first brought that out and they thought it was safe, but it ended up killing a bunch of people and deforming people or something. Mm. Don't quote me, but yeah. So I'm like, oh, they thought that was safe in the beginning and then they had to change that. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I'm <clears throat> I'm pro-choice, so if you want to get it, go for it. But if someone doesn't want to get it, you shouldn't be attacked. Yeah, totally. Um, I agree. And like you said, like, I don't... I don't know what's going to happen. Like, and yes, okay, there's the AstraZeneca one. I think there's also going to be like, not like a stigma, but people are going to say, oh, they got the AstraZeneca one. Yeah, like, exactly. I got the Pfizer I got the one. Pfizer. Like, yeah. I think there'll be like a, a snobbity about that as well. It's Probably. like, but yeah, I just think Australia's done, it's a fucking shit show again. Like it's, we were doing so good. And then like this past week, yeah, it's just fuck up after fuck see, up see I don't watch the news because I actually suffer from an anxiety disorder mm-hmm. I actually have one for real so when people say oh I've got anxiety I'm like do you really because <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you anxiety like but yeah I don't watch the news because I have anxiety mm. and force feeding all of this negative stuff to me really affects me that's what they do though that's the whole idea of the news to yeah. put fear so I don't yeah I don't watch it for that reason but then, you know, bits pop up on social media or whatever mm. and you see that, mm. oh, shit, Queensland's got this many cases and, you know, whatever, whatever. I, yeah. I just, I mean, look, if I, there's always that, if I was doing this, if I was in control, but I just really think this past week has just shown that we are nowhere near over this. No. And you've got a question later. I can't remember which one it is, but my answer for that is about the pandemic. All right. All right. We'll keep moving on. <laughs> Um, what's something you think everyone should try at least once? Blue cheese on steak. I hate blue cheese. I hate it. Don't get me wrong. I actually, I would never pick up a cracker and have blue cheese with it. Gross. I actually find it revolting. But the only way I've ever eaten it and actually really appreciate it was on like a beautifully cooked Scotch fillet steak, perfectly seasoned with just a thin little wedge of blue cheese that starts to melt into the steak. Try it once. Try it once and tell me what you think. Jesus, I was not expecting that. Have you? Ch- apparently, honey and parmesan cheese is really good. Yeah. They do it in Brazil, and apparently, that's haven't done that either. But isn't is blue cheese? That's the live one, is it? That's like that's mold. Yeah. What the fuck? How did you discover this? My apprenticeship, Graham Armstrong. Oh, for real? Yeah. 
because I was like, no way. And you've got to remember too, when I got my apprenticeship, I was coming off the back of an eating disorder. Yeah. So I really started to appreciate food. Like it healed me, like it helped me a lot. And so he'd, you know, he'd let us try things. And I tried it. I was That's like, fucking this cool. tastes fucking awesome. What's the best thing? Okay. Rewind, ten, ten, like everything, big rabbit hole. <laughs> What's the best thing you've eaten? Oh, we'll go savoury and sweet because that's fair. I can't, I can't tell you one thing. I can't, I hate pigeonholing myself into one thing. Okay. I appreciate lots of things. I'm a genie. Something's in front of you. What is it? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'll answer it like this. I always say if my all-time favourite meal is going to sound silly, but it's steak and chips, but... It has to be really good quality steak. It mm-hmm. has to be cooked to perfection. It has to be seasoned perfectly. Mm-hmm. It has to have the perfect chips. You can't give me French fry bullshit. Like, yep. I want home-style, cut, perfectly cooked chips. Um, and a good sauce. It's got to be like a rich jus or something like that. But if you if you take something so simple, like steak and chips, but mm. you can make it that it's the best meal you've ever had. Mm. Like, nail it. Nail it. Yep. So that would be my ultimate favourite meal of all time. And sweet. But don't give me no rump bullshit with bloody Macca's French fries. Like, that shit is not going <laughs> to cut it. A sweet, um, oof cookie. Oh, brownie <laughs> points. A cookie points. Guys, you don't know this, but I've got one sitting in front of me. Mo brought me an oof cookie, so I'll be smashing that later. Don't know what you're talking about. Never, never, never existed. <laughs> don't inbox him and ask him nah, for one. He doesn't have any. No, nah, I got none. <laughs> um, nice. Okay, well, thanks for that little plug there. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Do you think boys and girls are equal? No, we're not equal, but it's such a beautiful thing that we're not equal. Mm. We complement each other. Mm. And I don't see why we have to keep trying to fight to be equal. Mm. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong, as far as having the same human rights, as far as um, if we're doing the same job, we damn sure better be being paid the same amount. Like, I agree with that completely. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to compete against each other to try and be equal or the same. We are built differently for a reason. Mm -hmm. And we both have strengths and both have weaknesses. And I think men and women complement each other beautifully. Yep. I fully agree. Yeah. What advantages do you think you get from being a female? Advantages. Yeah. Like you said to me earlier before Mm. we started this. You pointed out a couple of things that I didn't even think of because you and you said to me, privilege is blind. Isn't that yeah, what you privi- said to me? Privilege is invisible to those who have it. Exactly. So you brought up a couple of things like I go out on, you know, nights out and men will buy you drinks. Yeah. I've never offered to buy a man a drink. Yeah. Just simple like little things like that. Yeah. I would say a disadvantage would be sometimes I think well, I'll t- give you an example. I've worked in a bar for nine years. The way I've had some men speak to me and treat me with such disrespect, absolutely like aggressive, disgusting behavior, sexual things they'll say to me, a man walking in the room completely changed their tune. Might have a problem with, say, the price of something, can absolutely berate me and belittle me, and then a man walks in the room to fix a problem, and it's, no, no worries, mate. Yep, all good. It's like they don't see women as... um, like we're not intimidating to them, mm. therefore they think they have power over us or they can treat us badly. And the, a man, like a man walks in the room, they just completely treat them. Does that make sense? Like treat them differently. Yeah. Like, oh, I wouldn't want to speak to that guy like that. He might bloody punch me in the nose. Yep. Yep. Have you, <clears throat> this is something that I was 
uh, me and my partner were talking about, but there's, when you say the word manager, it's got the word man in it. Yeah, I never picked that up. And um, it's almost like, you know, the boy, like the authority figure walks in and like, oh, can I speak to your manager? And they're always wanting to speak to the man. Yeah. So it's it's super interesting. Like, I, and even, I guess, I mean, not to say that, oh man, here we go, that people that go to pubs, men are Darrow's or like lower like pieces of shit, but you'd think there'd be common decency to staff and it's it'd be fucking shit. Like, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of stuff that's just, you wish you could say fuck off. Yeah, like I had one man, I'd served him for years and years and years. So I knew he didn't mean it when he said it. He was a bit, bit of a weirdo. He was just trying to be funny. And it sounds ridiculous that what I'm about to tell you that it was he was trying to be funny because it's mm. disgusting what he said. But I knew him well enough to, like, I wasn't, I didn't feel um, intimidated by it. I, I knew he wasn't serious. Yeah. But I had this one guy say to me one day, one day, oh, he wanted something and I didn't have it or whatever. And he's like, oh, I was pregnant. And he goes, oh, I'll beat you and your baby up. And then he's like, oh, and he walked away. I knew he was just full of shit. I, I was like, whatever, dickhead, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, you know. Well, I had some men in the bar who were also my regulars were absolutely disgusted and mortified and nearly beat this guy up, like fully stuck up for me. And I was like, guys, it's okay. Like, calm down. Like, yes, it was the wrong thing to do, but you know, don't. So it's nice to see that there are some guys who will stick up for women Mm -hmm. and don't care how many men are in the room. And Mm -hmm. then I've really noticed men who sit back and let someone completely floor you verbally or, you know, and they sit back and they like, don't say a single thing. That's the same sort of thing, like, you, I mean, they, the first thing that when you came to mind when you said that is, like, at primary school, when there's a fight, it's always, like, one versus one, and then there's all the people that are the bystanders that are yeah. just watching. yep. And, you know, it's the one that, I guess, stops the fight, or the teacher that has to come and stop the fight, or whatever, but it's there's so many people that just observe. Yeah. Why do you reckon that is? Um... It was, I'm guessing, like, like, they didn't call him out any shit until he left, yeah? Oh, when he left. Oh, you should have heard them. That's all. what I mean. It like that shit pisses me off. And I've, I'm friends with a couple of guys that stuck up for me. I really respect them and have such a like soft spot for them. And I'm now friends with them because I was like, you just showed like you showed me that you not only were willing to stick up for me, but just stick up for what is right in general. Mm. And I had such respect for that. And the other ones, I just roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda, mate. Yeah, you were going to throw him out. You were going to do this. You are going to do that. You didn't. Mm. Your action, you, your words, you're saying this, but your actions were you sat there and let that happen. All talk, no walk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. I guess that's, I mean, and that's the thing. I can't be in your shoes and I'll probably never have to deal with that sort of stuff or that environment. But it sounds unpleasant as fuck. Mm. Look, I, in my bar days, like I had more fun than not. Absolute ball. So social. You make good friends with the regulars. You know, you learn people's quirks. But, yeah, there has been times where it's been, like, a little bit fucking scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a, a big, uh, like, a common point that people make when I ask that question, especially from a boy, is we don't have to, like, have the fear of walking home at night knowing that there could be someone following us. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'll, I'll, I mean... Maybe if I'm in a, a foreign country and, you know, you hear about those stories when, like, there's, like, the soldiers or, like, the people that are carrying machetes around at night and shit like that. But mm. in, in Mount Gambia or in, like, the city or anything like that, I just don't fear. Have you ever feared? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I'm so used to that when, 
like I, people are talking about it a lot right now. And I'm like, hey, I do that. Oh my God, I've always done that. Mm. Like if I'm over walking, I've got my phone, I make sure it's charged. Like if I'm walking past someone I think is dodgy, like I get my phone and pretend I'm on it. Or mm-hmm. um, like I just, I won't walk or run at nighttime, like anything like that. And they're things that we do without even thinking about it. Like it's just that's fucking trying weird. to prevent something from happening to yep. us. Yeah. Yeah. Have you so you have never walked so you know how the whole initiative of the lakes having these lights that are like they are so not bright enough. Hey, I've got to give it to them. The last two two mornings, they're like sent. They have sensors, and like when you walk past, it just like blasts. Are they brighter? Yeah. But honestly, that's okay. Only about I was counting. I think eight out of the whole sixty-four actually went brighter. Because I love the idea and I appreciate that they've done that. I just feel like they're. Like, need to be a bit brighter. I also think the area going, like, past the cactus garden, like, that real bit where there's no anything. Yeah. I think, you know, the, especially being a girl at, like, say, 5 or 5.30 in the morning or even now, like, 3 o'clock at night because it gets that fucking dark that quick. You know, that was fucking stupid. But, you know, like, 7 o'clock at yeah. night. <clears throat> it'd be fucked. Mm. 100%. Yeah. What are most people doing wrong in their day-to-day life? I am in no position to tell anybody <laughs> what the hell they're doing right or wrong in their life. I don't know. You live, you learn. They'll figure it out. Surely you can throw a stone. Oh, what are they doing wrong? What do you think people are just like, you're a fuckhead. Like, stop being a dick or like, there'd be something. Go for it. I don't know. I've really got nothing for you. Okay. Sorry. That's cool. What do you think people are not doing enough of them? What are they overlooking? Communication. Mm-hmm. Like face-to-face? Yeah. I think we make a lot of assumptions in our mind, but if we just had a conversation, you'd be like, whoa, I was way off track. There's assumptions are the devil. Yeah. Like, the amount of times I've thought something and then you literally just ask or confirm is just... Because you've ever made, like, scenarios in your mind, like, oh, my God, they're probably thinking this and blah, 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 and you've made up this whole stressful scenario. Because I do it all the time. Like, No. Have a conversation with the person. Mm. It's probably not what you're thinking. Mm. Why so. do you reckon we make up shit? It's just that we, you know, we, we're scared to find the answer, or is it is it just easier to make up the answer in your head? Well, listen, I have anxiety, so I automatically go, "Oh my god, maybe I've upset them. Did I say the wrong thing?" Yeah. So I guess that's probably my reasoning for. Okay. Yeah. Are you getting better at it? Like, yes. Oh, that's yep, awesome. Absolutely. Communication. Just go have a conversation. Mate, can we, oh, and ask. If the biggest thing I've learned anything lately is literally ask and you'll be like, if it's a no, you can move on. And if it's a yes, you've opened the door. Yeah. And and like there's so much like, what if, what if, what if, what if, Mike? Just fucking ask. Yep. But, Agree. All right. Who do you look up to? My nan and pa. Okay. They're in their 80s. Mm-hmm. The amount of crazy shit that they've seen throughout their 80-something. Imagine, like, when we're 80, the the amount of shit that's happened in the world that we've seen and witnessed, personal experiences, deaths of loved ones, so many things. But they're that old school, they get, you know, even if they don't leave their house, they get dressed up in their clothes, they do their hair, you know, my nan puts her rollers in or whatever. Yep. Always shows up with a happy, positive attitude, Mm -hmm. like there's nothing wrong in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think I was, again, this isn't, man, this is reflection day. I was talking to someone, it's like, do you think they had it right? Like, as in how they acted and their mannerisms and, you know, like, even if they don't have anywhere to go, they're still, like, not lounging around like they 
they their routine is like so embedded that I mean, are they happy? But, but I think they take a lot of pride. Yeah. In the way that they look and yeah, the way they present themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, do you think they had it right? Like, and what I mean by that is like, you know, like there's so many people now that they like they, they always like you're, you're admiring them because they're you know being them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they have it right. I don't know. Well, I look up to them for a reason. Mm. My personal opinion is I think that they've got it right. What What about them? Are you just so, you know, why do you look up to them so much? Is it just because they just, yeah, why do you look up to them so much? What What traits or what, what do they do that's just like, fuck, um, that's cool? Because it's not that they haven't had any challenges, but that they face up to their life every day yep. with like a, right, you get up, you get dressed, you show up. And you keep going. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I admire them so much. And do you think that there's just people that aren't like that? Like they're not built? And for those listening, I did air quotation marks. Built like that now? Yeah, I guess so. I think there's a lot of fucking cowards. Like a lot of excuses and I'm going to use the word pussies. Yeah. Um, and then they complain that nothing's going for them. It's like, well, maybe if you actually did something. Yeah. Um, and that's what I meant by those. Like it, they've obviously have struggles or have had struggles but they still present themselves in a way that each day is a fresh day yep. and you put your best foot forward. Yep, yep. Oh, that's cool. What are their names? Noreen and Megs. Nan and Pa. Noreen? Yeah. And Megs. Well, his real name's Eugene, but he doesn't like it, I think, so everyone just calls him Megs. Where's Megs come from? Oh, I think because he was a redhead, Ginger Megs, or something like that, I think. <laughs> That's good. Sorry, Par, if that's wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> Megs. And I've never heard the name Noreen. Mm. No, neither have I, apart from my nan. Never heard it again. What's the, do you know the middle names? No. Oh, okay. Mary, I think, might be Nan's. I'm not sure about Par's. Not sure if he has one. Oh, yeah, there's, names have gotten so weird lately. Like, that's another thing. Dude, you're talking to someone who called their kid Rainbow. I'm in no position to talk to anyone about their days. Your kid's name's Rainbow. My do- like daughter's name is Olive Rainbow. Yep. That's fucking cool. No though. one ever has to know that she has the middle name Rainbow, except to tell everybody. But you know, Olive, Olive Rainbow. Why? Why the name Rainbow? I've just always been obsessed with rainbows. I think they're like magical, like a sign of hope. I don't know. I just I love them. It's if like it, the half of my brain that lives in a fairy tale. If it was going to be boy, did you have a name picked out as well? Yes. May I know? No, because I might use it oh. one day. <laughs> I so want one more girl. I've already got my name. Already got my name picked out. Lovely, lovely. All right, here we go. Tell us about your biggest setback. Um, probably, I mean, a recent one in recent years has been when COVID happened and having to give away all my work. Not give away, but I lost all my work and I had to refund and oh, a ridiculous amount of money to people who had things booked in. Mm-hmm. Like, I did the right thing. Like, I wasn't going to say, well, too too late. Yeah, You've given yep. it to me. But no, I had to refund thousands of dollars when COVID happened, and it was just devastating. So what did you learn from that? Um, well, I learned, first of all, that I'm pretty good with my business money. I didn't go spend it before I, you know, yep. don't spend it before you have it. Yep. Um, but I also learned that you can always pick yourself back up and need to think outside the box because, you know, on the flip side, we've sort of come out of, you know, the lockdowns and I'm thriving again, mm. you know, so what's here today might not be here tomorrow, but you can always, yeah, 
think yeah. of other ways. That's cool. That's cool. Do you wish... What? Okay, here's hypothetical. If you, say, spent the money on, say, I don't know, some new kitchen equipment, what would have you done to get money? Or would you... Would you have gone, sorry, mate, I've already spent it? No, I'm just not that silly. I just would not have done that. Okay. Yeah. Did anyone have any complaints? Like, oh, can you still do it? Like, were people trying to be sneaky and stuff? No. No, I really didn't have anybody that was trying to do anything dodgy. Everyone was very, I think, fearful and scared and just cancelled everything. Okay, okay. What excites you? Outdoor adventures. Can you be more specific? Like, I love kayaking. Seb, if you're listening... Kayaking? Can I have a kayak, baby, for my birthday? (laughs) I love kayaking. I don't own one, but I absolutely love it. I love rivers. I love the beach. I love hiking. Like, I don't know. Outdoors excites me. Okay, and what what do you is that like? Do you burn? Are you like do you get burnt easy? Like yes. Summer? Look at these freckles. Well, I've covered them up. What's, which is your heritage Irish by any chance? Yeah, I think my one of my grandparents is yeah. Yeah, Irish represent. I like. I'm probably getting burnt right now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you put your sunscreen on, did you? <laughs> no. Actually, you're wearing a red jumper, so it's reflecting yeah, on your yeah. face. No, no, it's probably no. This is actually my skin because <laughs> yeah. I burn that easy. Um. Okay, so going outdoors, like when did you? Is there something that ticked that off or it's just like, let's go fucking check this out sort of thing? I just like little adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool having a kid, so like reliving, redoing things like taking a kid to the beach or taking it, you know, the um, Valley Lakes walk, the little lookout, the tower, Mm. you know, Olive thinks that's a castle. Yeah. So you walk up there and she's looking for a prince, you know, like you're seeing things again through a kid's eyes as well, the little adventures that you go on. Imagination is super powerful. Has there been anything that's kept you up at night? Yeah. Oh my God. Still, things keep me up at night. Just trauma from my childhood, like reliving, like post-traumatic stress. Do you do anything to like, do you jot it down or how do you, I guess, you know, not think about it? No, I see, uh, I see a therapist and I think everybody should. It's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Like ever done. Just even for like anxiety in general, it's just to have someone to bounce, someone who's not biased. Yep. You know, you can talk to your husband about things, but he's obviously going to be biased. You can talk to your mum about things. But having someone who's completely removed from your situation, mm-hmm. and most times you leave feeling reassured, like, oh, like what I'm thinking is okay. Yeah. You yep. know, the things I'm doing and experiencing are normal. Because sometimes you can psych yourself out and think, oh, my God, I must be nuts or I must be crazy. Or Did you ever hesitate going to see someone to talk to? Or did you just go, I need to do this sort of thing? Um, I guess I never wanted to see anyone when... I was younger. I think it's honestly around the time my daughter was born. It's such a shift in my life that I just wanted to make sure that the example that I'm setting for my daughter is a healthy one. Mm-hmm. And so I really started like so, like assessing myself and the way that I cope or deal with situations and just wanted to bounce that off someone to make sure that I'm on, on track, you yep. know? Yep. And you still go, like, you still go... I don't go, like, every week or anything, but if I ever feel like something pops up that I, I need advice or I need to deal with, yeah, I'll make an appointment. Yeah. And I don't think there should be any, like, secret or shame about people. Like, it is the best thing. Like, I love going and just talking about things. Is it freeing? Freeing. Like, you just leave feeling like, oh, most times you honestly leave. Well, I leave feeling relieved, like... Here I was thinking I was batshit crazy. <laughs> Turns out, fucking normal. <laughs> Is there is there one thing like or like a, a a coping mechanism or something that you know the therapist has said that you just you hold on to like so it's like you know like 
breathe and hold it for five seconds? Or has there just been one thing that's just shone light on a situation or a problem? Um, no, there's just multiple little things that you just I've collected over time. And just, like, I think becoming really self-aware of how I might react to situations and how mm-hmm. I can do that better. Yeah, it's just it's a whole broad, like, multiple or basket of goodies that I've okay. collected. Awesome, awesome. Do you read? Yes, love reading. What do you read? What's what's the last? What are you reading now? Well, or I'm was the last thing you read? With celebrity biographies. That's, Here we go. That is my go-to right now. It's on a celebrity, but I'm reading a book called Sunshine, which is about a stripper. There's just not enough sex scenes in it for me, but I'm only on page three, so I'll give it some time. <laughs> Why'd you get to page sixty-nine, mate? Yeah, <laughs> you wait. <laughs> wow. Okay. And why? What's the best uh, celebrity biography you've read? Oh, I've read heaps of good ones, but I think one of the latest ones that's fresh in my memory was Demi Moore. She's okay. had a really interesting life I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been lots. I've read lots of them. Why Why are celebrities? It's just because what, what they do, sort of, what they've got up to, sort of I thing? I guess or? because I like being able to, you, you think, not that you know them, but you see them and you see a lot of them mm. on TV or movies or whatever, but then when you delve into their actual real story... It can be quite surprising. Yeah. And it's always that, like, old saying, like, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can fucking not. I'll, if I've learned anything from this podcast, it's you cannot judge. But that's for me. Like, Demi Moore, I would have no idea. Her life was so fucked up. Give us give us one fucked up thing that's happened to Demi Moore. Um, her mum pimped her out for 500 bucks. That's pretty fucked up. Imagine that. Imagine your mum pimping you out was for she, 500 bucks. Was she, like, on a drug habit or something? Her mum, I think, was an alcoholic. There you go. Didn't know that. Poor Demi. Poor Demi. Fuck. Wow. Okay. Is there anything you do not understand? Like something that you just generally, I apart from maths, do not get. Damn it. Maths was my answer. Yeah, Matt. Can't use maths. Don't understand how anyone could hurt a kid. Yep. Like you, yeah. Yep. Even just like uh, neglect or malnourishment or anything like that. I've been to different sites where, you know, it's not the greatest environment at home. Yeah, you'd see a lot being a teacher. Yeah, you got to report it. <clears throat> and then not to talk shit on deck or um, what were they fucking called? Fucking DCP, Department of Child Protection. Mm. But you put in these reports and these claims and nothing happens. So you've had to report before. I've reported, yeah. Yeah. But even like, I guess I'm, I'm a quite a sensitive soul. Like even in the shopping centres when you can see like, a toddler having a meltdown and the mum or dad's just like screaming at it and dragging it. It's like, oh my God, the child has a need right now. You might not like the way the child's responding or acting right now, but you're the adult. For fuck's sake, you're the adult. Mm. You have to teach this child or care for this child and try to, yeah. I just, I even see things in supermarkets or shopping centres. I'm like, I just, oh my God, I want to take that kid away. I want to love it at my house. Do you ever, like, this is, again, uh, this is an opinion I have. Do you think that some people are just not good parents? Like, they shouldn't have had a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think a, a lot. And, I, yeah. Anyway, that's two-second chat with Mo. Um, <laughs> what has been your biggest loss? Um, on a personal level, my cousin, I was really, really close to him, and mm-hmm. he died in a car accident when he was 19 and I was 21. Yep. So that's probably, yeah, biggest loss. When I think loss, I always think about, you know, losing somebody. But, yeah, we – and it's 
hard to explain because when you say the word like cousin, you think, oh yeah, cousin, probably seen him once a year, but like he was my brother. Yep. Like his family had four boys. We had four girls. Yep. We lived near each other. We all sort of connected at the same age. Um, and, you know, like school holidays, the entire time we were like jumping from house to house. You know, mm-hmm. we grew up together. We were very, very, we called each other brother and sister. Yep. Very protective of me, very protective of him. You know, then when we got to the drinking age, we'd go out together all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a huge, huge, huge loss for me. And how long did you stay down before, you know, you, you got back on your feet to, you know, accept that he's passed? Um, it took me a good couple of years to just, like, there was a period of time where I just couldn't even look at a photo of him or talk about him because it just, I just couldn't do it. It was just so raw. Um, but... I mean, they say time heals. It doesn't heal. It just you just learn to live with it. I think yep. a bit better. Yeah, I agree. Let's make it a bit more upbeat. <laughs> What's the best compliment you've ever received? When people say I'm a good mum. I mean, I know I am, but when people say that, and when my daughter says that, like I don't care about anything else. That that makes me happy. What does it? Why does it make you feel so good? Oh, because that's my whole aim in life is to give her a good life. Yep, that's cool. How old is your daughter? If you don't mind me asking. She's four. And what's what's been like the the coolest thing being a, a mum that she's done? Watching her find her own little interests. Like kids are just from birth her personality has been her personality and I never dreamt that I would be a girl mum going to BMX every Friday night with her ripping around that track like a little maniac. She absolutely loves it. And I just didn't foresee things like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't had no idea what she'd be into, interested in. And then, you know, the next morning on Saturday morning, she goes to dance, you know, pink little tutu and she's dancing. Yep. So, yeah, that's probably the coolest thing is watching her and helping her, like, do the things that she, she finds interesting. That's fucking cool. Did, what, what made it get, like, did you say, here's a bike, go fang on it or? Well, I actually <clears throat> took her to watch my nephew race BMX one night. Okay. And she saw there was two girls who had pink little, like, racing, rushy little things on. And she's like, Mum, do girls do this? And she was, like, three. She was really little. I said, yeah, girls can do this. And she's like, I want to do it. I said, you can do it. So I brought her back the next week on her little balance bike, and she ripped around the track and hasn't stopped since. That's fucking cool. That is good parenting. But it's funny, though, because in her mind already, I think she was thinking, oh, this is a boy thing. And I try to tell her, no, 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 there's no girls and boys things. You can do mm. whatever you want to do. Mm. But her seeing those two girls wearing their pink tops, she was like, oh, I can do this. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, we're coming to the end now. Is there anything you wanted me to ask you but I didn't ask you? No. Nah. There's nothing else you want to get off your chest? No. Nah. Is there anything you'd like to ask me? Yes. Okay. Is it true? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Is it true that you and your partner were messaging people trying to find out who I was when I first started delivering, like who Feed Me was when I first started delivering to confession? And if it's true, why was that? I think it was. We, we uh, Same as like, because well, we didn't know who identity was. The same happened with Log and Leaf Guy. Like we didn't know who Log and Leaf Guy was, so we just find out who it was. The reason was like, Shit, someone else is supplying confession. And this is when we, like, we were still new to the business world of, like, Mount Gambia, that <clears throat> anyone that wasn't us was the enemy. Yeah. And so yeah. instead of, what's that saying? Um, oh, fuck. It's like, oh, um, 
enemy to idle or idle enemy alley to rally. Fuck, I don't know. Long story short, we just wanted to dominate. Yeah. Um, and then now we look back at high it's like we should have probably worked together. Um, yeah. We See, were just like, I I didn't know who you were either, but I was. I'm very conscious in. I I knew that you guys were giving cookies, so I didn't. I wouldn't bake any cookies. Mm. I did not offer them cookies. I didn't bake any cookies because I don't like to put my finger on anybody else's pie. I think we we're also fearful because people did put their finger in the cookie pie. People have done that to me too, and it's the most frustrating thing. And it's like fuck, it's going to happen again. And we knew what happened the first time, and we were just like, do we have to go through this again? Yeah. Like, is no. this person going to do the same thing? So that oh, was. So that's what you were actually really worried about. Probably, yeah. And that whole time, I would never, I never did, and I never would. And that, and that's, do you know, what that comes back to though, assuming. Yeah, assuming. because that's what that's that's all. Like, and like we we're saying, like I said before, we were coming up to this place. All the experiences and everything we've learned and opinions is built from what you've experienced. And mm-hmm. so, what we we took from everything that we had, it's like it's going to happen again. And I'll tell you why, though, because this is a small town, and if you have concentrated on a niche, mm. what really annoys me more than anything is when people see you doing well at one thing and jump on to get a piece of the pie. Mm. When you've worked so hard at your one thing yep. and then people go piggyback off you. Yeah. Oh, that must be easy. Oh, that's popular. I'll do that. It's like, no, 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 no. Like no one was doing this before I was doing yeah. it. I understand you completely and I would never have made cookies. I never did and I never offered them. I made slices as it was a t- completely different mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, well, that's super cool that, you know, you know, you're, you're honest there, but it's, yeah, it's just, Fuck. It's gonna. We. Just, I'm pretty sure we're just like. Who the fuck's this? And mm. are they gonna copy us? Like. No way. Yeah. So that's. I'd say that. Is anything else you wanna ask? Or is no. That... That's it. But that's so what, funny. What, so what? Me. What did you think? You know, when we were like, who the fuck's this? Like, what was going through your head? Like, why are they? Do they think I'm a threat? Or like, what was? Yeah, I just honestly thought, oh, why do they want to know? Oh, I. I didn't know. I was just like, oh, why do they want to know who I am? Like, I don't. I actually didn't know. And because in my mind, that was never even an option for me is making mm. cookies. I didn't think that you thought I would be. I had no idea that yep. you were actually slightly intimidated thinking, fuck, this chick's going to come. But and that, clean up. Yeah, but that's... And if you, if you only had known me because you would never have worried about that. Well, that well, and, I mean, again, it's just like assumed we thought it was going to happen. At previous experiences, someone else is going to just... Like you said, just jump on board the bandwagon. Like I would, I can make scrolls. I'm not going to make them. Somebody, that's somebody else's niche. Why do you reckon people jump on the bandwagon? Is it to make a quick buck? And like, I, like you just said, like I'm sure with your cooking as well. Like it, it was like four or five months of refining this recipe to nail the fucking cookie, yep. and people just go, "I can do it," mm-hmm. and then they make it not not like make it shit, but it's like. And then, mm-hmm. and like, and the other thing that pisses me off is people just first like, oh, I can go to Coles and get fucking cookies for two bucks. Might fucking go to Coles get two bucks. Mate, you are preaching to the choir over here because I think this annoys me too. Like, I can cut my husband's hair, but I, I'm not a hairdresser. Yep. I'm not going to now go on Facebook and offer ten dollar haircuts. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, you know, people like me who's dedicated my whole life to learning and perfecting and making a whole business out of it and then someone sees what you're doing and takes it because they want to make a quick buck. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, that, yeah, I think, yeah, us being... And we had different interests, like like Pam's studying again. I, I There are times that I wish I almost kept going. 
With Uft? You can, though. Nah, nah. I don't want to. You I'm not interested mean. anymore. But the plate stops spilling. But it's it's hard work, isn't it? Oh, it's fucked. Like, like I said, like when it was oofed, like, because Pam lives up in Adelaide, like it would just be me and I'd just have everything under control. And then like, well, not everything under control, but I was just in control of everything. And then like that took away time from us and I valued our time together more than a fucking biscuit. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Did you realise how time consuming and how much it was going to take over your life before you started? No, nah, I did know to accept, like to... Too fucking good at something, you have to go all in. Mm-hmm. And when we started going all in, it, it, it was like, don't get me wrong, it was it was going really well. So that's, there's also, like I said, that I wish I could, I don't wish, but I almost would like to see if I kept going. But, you know, I guess, you know, using excuses, I've still got like, I've got a house to pay for, I've got things and I just did not feel comfortable stepping into that uncomfortable zone. Were you surprised how little money you made from it? Yes. So originally charged six fifty, and we're like, "Fuck this! We are gonna fucking clean up." <laughs> then we like go, "Oh, that only just pays for everything." Yeah. <laughs> and then when we started, we changed our chocolate. Like, and the other thing that blew my mind is like, we'd always just buy like, because it's cheaper to buy like one or two of things, and or like one kilo of things, and then they're like, "Wow, if we actually buy spend say six hundred and eighty dollars on our chocolate, that's gonna I've still got chocolate." Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, I like, it's, it's, it's fucked. I it's, don't think people realise how expensive your costs are in the food business. You, your profit margin is so minimal compared oh. to someone who's offering a service. Mm. Like, no, you got major bills when you're in, in food. Yeah. And like, and yeah, like, and that was, and then when, when we started paying Dylan, um, to, to use his oven, that was like a massive expense that we didn't have to use our oven anymore. But it's, it's, you don't think of it. It's just like, oh yeah, no, just do this. And then whatever we get left over, it's like, oh, yeah. And but it's, it's like, oh, but then you've used all the stuff that you've just bought, so now you have to go buy it again. So yeah. you've got to keep that turnover going, otherwise yep. it's just, you're in a hole. Yeah, I don't think, like, people realise how expensive it is and how little you make off food. Yeah. But I did like, though, there were, I mean, not to say that oof was, like, complete flop. I did enjoy it. And there were connections and there's people that... You know, we made friends and, like, people were so... I think you'd feel this was, like, when someone's so excited to try what you've made. Yeah. Like, your followers that message you all the time. Like, I just love them. That's that's super rewarding. But What time are you delivering? I don't want to miss out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there's times when I'd deliver to Bricks in the morning and, like, I'd always get there at about quarter to seven and there was, like, a train of five people that just followed me in with these fucking cookies. I'm like, they're just fucking cookies. That's really cool, isn't it? Oh, it is. And that's... Looking back, like, that's... That's, you know, there's always going to be highs and lows, but the highs were high. And, I mean, the lows were low. And, like, obviously, they were so low that we didn't continue. But, yeah, people, people, if you want to fucking, not struggle, but if you if you don't appreciate food or, like, you think it's easy, give it a fucking crack. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. If there was a billboard that had a quote or a saying or just a tip with your named sign down the bottom, what would the billboard say? Oh, should have given me a heads up for this one. Just the best tip you know. What's the best tip the you know? The best tip I know. Don't take yourself so seriously. Yep. Honestly, does it really fucking matter? No. No. It does not. Laugh. you got to laugh. And you got to laugh at yourself, I yeah. reckon. Be is the best thing. Yep. Yep. It, it, it's laughter is the best medicine like especially like when not to fuck bring it back on me but when there was times that oof when it's just like 
we'd just drop like a whole batch of dough or like we'd, we'd fuck it up or the, like we used to have these things called blowouts which is when they'd like the stuffing would be so too much that they'd just fuck up yeah you just laugh you're yeah. like oh, fuck. what else are you gonna do yeah honestly yeah i've really enjoyed our chat i've really enjoyed it too if there's someone listening right now and there's one thing that you want them to take away from our chat what do you want it to be don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. The old saying of you really, even when you think you know someone, you never really know no. what someone's either going through, they have been through, what they're struggling with. Just don't be a judgy dick and just be a kind person. Bang. That's it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute blast. Now you can bloody turn it off and tell me who. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a question about your recipe for off yeah, no that I promise I won't steal. That's okay. <laughs> All right, so if you're still listening um, and you've taken any value out of this, take a screenshot, send us DMs. It's been really, really effective these past couple of weeks. Also, if there's someone that you'd like to uh, get on the show, because that obviously works, um, as today guess, as today's guest would know, again, send us a DM and I'll do everything I can to try and get that person on. But other than that, I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.